The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer, and we have a packed show, my friends, as we get ready for the possible, heaven forbid, but for the possible uh, Biden-Harris transition team to take over, the administration to take over. I thought I would reach out to some very intelligent and knowledgeable people who are on the front lines and find out what... um, Law enforcement, what immigration and uh, immigration law enforcement and local law enforcement is going to look like uh, should these people take over, should they be successful. Uh, Let me give you a quick rundown. Uh, First of all, we've got uh, Mr. Brandon Judd, who is the president of the National Border Patrol Union. He's going to be telling us about uh, what the Border Patrol agents will possibly be facing, which will be very similar similar to what they faced under uh, the Obama administration. We've got Dave Ray, who's going to be talking to us about the policy changes in immigration that uh, we might be facing. We've got Mr. Jay Wiley from from uh, uh, Law Enforcement Today, who's going to be talking about the, uh, the, the police officers on the street, what they're going to be facing uh, in, in a uh, Biden-Harris administration. And finally, we've got... Uh, my very, very good friend, uh, Sheriff A.J. Lauderback from Jackson County, Texas, uh, t- giving us an overview of uh, what we're going to be seeing because he's been involved in both uh, border crime as well as the issue of local crime. So, my friends, stick around. Uh, thank you for joining us. Please, please, please tell your friends about our show. We're going to need your support, particularly if the leftists take over because heaven only knows how they're going to be treating us. I mean, last time that I was a uh, president of a Tea Party, uh, I got investigated by the uh, IRS, so only, heaven only knows what will happen this time around. Uh, once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got uh, my good friend Brandon Judd, who is the president of the Border Patrol uh, Union, the National uh, Border Patrol Union. And um, I wanted to reach out to him because earlier today we chatted with... Uh, uh, Jay Wiley uh, regarding the police officers, the local police, uh, how things might change uh, for them under the Biden administration. I definitely wanted to find out from from Brandon what uh, he thinks as far as would uh, would change for the agents uh, should uh, the uh, Bi- Biden administration take over, um, particularly since. Uh, a lot of uh, since the union has been very, very vocal and very supportive of President Trump and uh, his immigration policies. So, Brandon, thank you for taking time. Thank you for being with us. Um, what do you think, buddy? I mean, what do you think? What is your uh, you as a union president? What do you think uh, is going to happen with the with the agents? Um, what will change? Think- I don't think that we have to ask what we think is going to happen. Um, we've already seen this movie. Um, it's going to be a rerun of, uh, you know, the, Ob- the Obama administration when President Biden was the, was the vice president. I, I think that the first thing that you have to look at is the floodgates are going to open up because of two things. If, um, if he becomes the president, and again, that's still up for, for question right now, but if he becomes the president, uh, you should expect that he will end the Title 42 authority that allows Border Patrol agents to immediately expel those people that cross the border illegally. Um, if that authority goes away, um, then we're going to see you know, a, a, a huge increase in the number of people that are going to cross the border illegally. The second thing that you can expect is you can expect um, him to, you, you can expect if he becomes the president, Kent, you can expect uh, President Biden to end the migrant protection protocols, uh, which calls for people that are coming into the United States and claiming asylum, that asking for asylum, to wait in Mexico until their asylum date. 
comes up. Um, if that then happens, then the catch and release will be brought back, um, in which people will just cross the border illegally, claim asylum, get released into the United States, um, and whether or not they show up for their asylum hearings is, you know, all you got to do is look at the statistics, look at the numbers um, in the past, and, and make that determination on what's going to happen. So these are the two main issues that are, are going to open up those proverbial floodgates it's going to uh, increase the, the number of people that cross the borders illegally. But the, the thing that, that worries me the most is that what we're going to end up doing is we're going to end up putting vulnerable people right back into smuggling organizations' hands. We're going to put them right back into the cartel's hands, and what's going to happen is cartels are going to become rich again. Something that President Trump went after, and, and again, you, you look at this, and from... Uh, a law and order perspective, um, these are going to be horrible um, policy decisions that, that you can expect the Biden, Biden administration to make that is going to put both the United States citizens in danger and vulnerable individuals um, from other countries that are going to be put in danger again as well. I like the way that you put it that we've seen this uh, this uh, movie before because um, I've been reporting uh, for the, since uh, 2011 uh, it was when I started the first podcast and um, the whole issue was the South Texas border and, you know, the kids that were coming across and then the, the uh, unaccompanied minors, uh, the, the number of them, then the family reunification. And, um, you know, you're right. During the Obama administration, I mean, it was it was anybody and everybody coming across the border. And uh, it, it I mean, as far as that goes. That will really, really impact on American uh, on American society. Having, I mean, uh, caravans will start coming across and in, in, in greater number, I guess, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, you're going to see caravans going to going to start back up. Um, huge numbers are going to flaunt the fact that they're coming up here. But you can also have to look at it from a pandemic perspective. Um, ending Title Forty Two authority. That is protecting United States citizens. If this pandemic is as bad as what what the liberals would have you believe in, and again, the pandemic exists. I'm not I'm not denying that there is not a pandemic. But if they're really claiming that it is as bad as what it is, why wouldn't you keep Title Forty Two protections in place? Why wouldn't you protect the American public rather than ending Title Forty Two, which is going to cause people to come into the United States? that potentially could be bringing and spreading this pandemic even more. It makes absolutely no sense. But again, Biden is going to be pushed to the left. He is not going to be able to stand up and say, I'm a centrist and expect to get reelected again in 2024 because he's going to lose that base of support. And without that base of Democrat support, he's going to lose it. So you can expect that he is going to be pushed um left further and further left as each day goes on and and what that's going to do is it's going to affect the border and the security and safety of this country and and our borders it it really is i mean my my worry again uh how many how many agents have uh have contracted um the uh the covid virus how many uh during when the kids were coming across when when there was when there was open uh, an open border practically and everybody was being reunified with uh, fake families and across the border how many of the board, of the agents got uh, uh mumps and everything else i mean it it really you know if the agents are getting it you know that the rest of us are going to come down with that with that no absolutely and and let's be clear um too many agents have contracted covid-19 but we knew that going in. Agents understood that when you take on the, on a law enforcement job, you're going to be putting yourself in harm's way. What agents are most concerned about, they're most concerned about how that's going to affect the people that they're supposed to be protecting. How is that going to affect the American public? Yes, it's bad enough that agents are going to come in contact with COVID-19. The agents are going to be exposed to COVID-19, but the American public is going to be exposed to the COVID-19 because policies are going to uh, create those magnets again that's going to draw people to the United States. It's going to encourage them to cross the borders illegally. Law and order goes out the window when you look at leftist policies. And when law and order goes out the window, safety 
the American public also goes right out that same window. Yeah, and we've got, uh, you know, we've got instances of a, of a police officer that was a, a police sergeant that was killed by an illegal alien criminal uh, not too long ago in Houston here. And uh, it, it, you know, these, uh, these criminals, um, you know, the sanctuary cities are, are doing a bad enough job. Now the whole country is going to be like that, I guess? Yeah, that's uh, again, that's what you're looking at. Uh, let's just go right back to the beginning. It's going to be a rerun of, of what we saw in, in the last four years of the Obama administration. Uh, and and if, we like, if we like what we saw, I, I understand why you might have voted for Joe Biden. If you didn't like what you saw, if you didn't like the lawlessness, if you didn't like the, the flaunting of, of U.S. laws and, and enriching criminals, then we have to look at this and say we're going to have to make changes. We're going to have to vote for the right people that are going to do the right thing by the American people rather than by the criminals. Uh, lastly, what? Um, how was the morale of uh, of border patrol agents under under Obama when we were having that flood, when nothing was being done, when they couldn't do anything? And um, do you, will, will that uh, will that morale again come haunting us back? I've never seen the morale lower than what it was in the last four years of the Obama administration, and it's not again. It's not because. Um, um, the agents weren't allowed to do their job. It was because the Obama administration was specifically ignoring the laws. Agents want to protect the American public. Laws are what made this country so great. And the, inf- and the proper enforcement of those laws, and let's use that, the proper enforcement of those laws is what makes this country great. When you throw those laws, and when you do not, under the guise of prosecutorial discretion, or in other words, you have the discretion on what you're going to consider illegal or not illegal, if you use that guise, you destabilize the system, you destabilize um, um, what, is, what made this country great, and, and again, you're, uh, you should expect morale to go way, way down if that happens. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I'm, it really, really is sad. Brandon, thank you very much for taking time to talk to us. Uh, I think it's very, very important that our, that our listeners understand exactly where we're headed, particularly what the front line, you guys, have witnessed and are are going to be witnessing should this transition happen again. Thank you, George. Always good to talk with you. Thank you very much. We've been talking with uh, Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Agents Union on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got our very good buddy, Mr. David Ray from the Federation for Immigration, for American Immigration Reform, FAIR in D.C. And, um, Dave, uh, as uh, we are watching the conclusion of this drama of the election play out, right? Um, we are watching more and more uh, items, uh, news items appear regarding immigration. On Saturday, there was a uh, a piece in the Austin and the San Antonio paper about. Um, about how DACA recipients were, uh, the the Dreamers were all excited, and how people that were held uh, in the um, detention centers were all excited that Biden was going to win, was going to win, okay? Right. Now, the uh, Texas Tribune has a piece uh, today that uh, talks about how the the Biden-Harris uh, administration will immediately change some uh, some immigration policies, uh, the, some Trump immigration policies, and um, they're jumping for joy. The uh, leftists are jumping for joy. Um, first of all, let's talk about how little was said about immigration during the campaign and why, and now uh, what it is that, uh, secondly, what, what it is that... Um, you know, we're looking at. So welcome to the show. Talk to us. Oh, uh, great to be with you again, George, my old friend. Listen, you know, immigration was largely left out of uh, the 2020 campaign. Uh, you know, it was a centerpiece of conversation during 2016, but during 2020, it hardly came up. 
And that might partially be an example of Donald Trump being the victim of his own success. I mean, uh, immigration isn't in the news because the borders are largely under control. There aren't caravans coming up. There aren't people swarming over the, the borders. Uh, the, you know, but the combination of the agreements made between our Latin American neighbors and, and COVID measures have really kind of removed it from the news. But what the American people are going to find out uh, if what appears is going to happen happens, and that is a Biden-Harris victory, is that they are prepared to do a complete about-face almost immediately on every accomplishment made under the Trump administration. And what this is going to do, and the numbers are already ticking up in apprehensions on the border, uh, this is going to cause immediate pressure on the border. Uh, you know, this I would say this was, this was a great win for illegal alien advocates, for would-be illegal immigrants who are thinking about uh, taking this opportunity to try to make their way to the United States and about those who know that uh, open borders equals more votes for the Democrats. Yeah, you know, one of the th interesting things regarding that issue of the vote is uh, how uh, Hispanic Democrats are talking about how in California, the Hispanic uh, Democratic vote really profited from uh, illegal aliens uh, or or families of illegal aliens, while in Texas they did not. In Texas, um, uh, there was quite of resistance. In fact, uh, in fact, Trump carry, uh, was carried by the uh, by the Hispanics in uh, in Texas, and uh, there seems to be uh, a disconnect regarding illegal immigration between the two groups. I mean, uh, within the group, within the Hispanics. Uh, but uh, different uh, in the way that Texans look at it versus Californians. Yeah, well, you know, President Trump made great inroads with minority groups during this election. Unfortunately for him, it wasn't enough to get him over the finish line, it appears. But, you know, he's up 10 percentage point with African-Americans and 14 points higher with Hispanics and actually carried 35 percent of the Latino vote overall. But, yeah, there has always been a difference between... Uh, you know, voting patterns amongst Hispanics in California versus Texas. And uh, I think that can be explained by the fact that uh, a lot of Hispanics in Texas have been there for generations and generations, and they uh, see the result of, of what mass illegal immigration does to the quality of life and does to their taxes and the impact it has on education. Whereas, you know, many of the Hispanics in California are actually the recipients of the benefits of the last illegal alien amnesty that we had in 1986. The vast majority of those folks, the largest number of them, lived in California. And so a lot of people there are the descendants of those folks, which, by the way, uh, the one thing that Ronald Reagan said that he regretted most in his presidency was going along with an amnesty uh, in 1986. But with that said, uh, right at the very top of the Biden-Harris immigration plan is an amnesty for the nation's, what FAIR estimates is about 14.3 million illegal aliens, putting those folks on a pathway to citizenship. What's even more disturbing than that, however, is that uh, FAIR calculates that once those folks get their U.S. citizenship, there will be 52 million more people there because of family chain migration. Uh, 52 million more people will then be eligible over the next several decades to come into the United States due simply to the downstream effects of the amnesty to illegal aliens. So you can imagine the demographic change that this is going to have on the country and what this is going to do to our political system. Oh, it's outrageous. It's out well, speaking of the political system, let's talk about uh, the, uh, they're also talking about uh, the lift of the uh, travel ban. And again, right. they're focusing strictly that it's a an anti-Muslim travel ban, which it's, which it's not. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, they're talking about how uh, 
it uh, it will impact on places like Minnesota where uh, there are substantial Muslim populations. Right. Well, there are travel bans that have been put in place in Muslim and non-Muslim countries, uh, like North Korea, for example, which is not a Muslim country, uh, because there is the inability to, to properly vet people who are coming from those countries or because those countries are hotbeds of terrorism and then deemed to be too dangerous to allow uh, large numbers of their uh, uh citizens to come into the United States as, as visitors or tourists or what have you, that's going to all be rescinded under the Biden-Harris plan, despite the fact that, you know, global terrorism is still a big issue. It's also going to be interesting to see what they do about the coronavirus restrictions. Remember when uh, President Trump stopped travel from China at the very beginning of the coronavirus, Joe Biden was one of the first people to call him a racist for doing so. Uh, and now Joe Biden's in, in charge. But they've also planned to rescind all of the Trump-era uh, executive actions that have taken place with our neighbors to the south, the Mexicans who've, who've really stepped it up and have greatly helped in, in securing their southern border, which has stopped caravans and so on from Central America, but we also have agreements with the Northern Triangle countries that are called First Safe Nation Agreements, which means if you're you know, living in El Salvador and saying that you are fleeing for your life because of government persecution, when you step into Guatemala, you have to ask for asylum in Guatemala. You can't travel through Mexico and then go to the United States having passed through several safe nations to get here. Those plans are all going to be uh, rescinded according to the Biden-Harris plan. And what does that mean? We're going to start seeing caravans coming up from Central America. You're going to see more and more pressure on the border, and the Border Patrol is going to be overwhelmed. And, you know, which is an, another interesting aspect. I mean, the it's not an issue just of defund the police in our local communities. There has been a real push uh, by Ocasio-Cortez and other people to uh, abolish ICE and to limit uh, the border patrol, I mean, we get, we are right. looking at at a real danger there on on the border with uh, our our uh, uh, our first line defense. Right. Well, it's not just Ocasio Cortez on this one. You know, the Biden Harris plan wants to halt all removals of illegal and criminal aliens for at least a hundred days. That will allow them to do an audit of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, and uh, and Customs and Border Protection. Uh, you know, I don't think this is good. the Biden-Harris win is probably not going to uh, be good news for any form of law enforcement, whether you're talking about border security, interior security, or regular just police departments, because there is a strong push within the liberal wing of the Democratic Party to really go after law enforcement. And you can see it in their rhetoric, and you can see it in the actions. Wow. Uh, let's close with, try to close with at least some glimmer of hope. Can, I mean, can the uh, Harris-Biden uh, stampede be stopped once they get in? Well, you know, the thing is, George, that a lot of these things, like, for example, a mass amnesty can't happen without a uh, you know legislative vehicle. In other words, it has to be enacted by Congress. Uh, unless they would try to do, you know, a, a DACA times 30, what Obama did, which was an illegal amnesty. But I believe that would eventually be stopped in the court. So if if Republicans hold on to the Senate and can stop these types of things that need legislative action, then there will be some ability to control uh, things like amnesties, uh but, you know, a lot of this other stuff is really just executive uh, decisions. You know, Obama, when he was in office, decided that if you didn't commit a crime and you were in the country illegally, they weren't going to remove you unless you had you know, recently committed a crime. So there's a lot of um, kind of leeway that the ex chief executive has in, you know, how they're going to enforce the laws. But the things that would need legislative action, like an amnesty, uh, that would be able to be stopped in the Senate. Now, if the Republicans end up losing the Senate, you know, and they do away with the filibuster, 
then Katie bar the door. Yep. I mean, there's nothing to stop them. And so, you know, if the filibuster goes and if the Democrats end up with, you know, 52 seats to Republicans, 48, and then they do away with the filibuster, then, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Yep, the sky's the limit. Dave, thank you very, very much for taking time you as bet, usual. You my friend. To be, Always to be great with us. to chat with you, even though it's not over. Today's issue isn't something that we can be happy about. It's at least something that we can discuss and uh, uh, know what to expect. You got it. Thank you very much. We've been talking with uh, Dave Ray from FAIR, the uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. Uh, let's try to support them. They're, uh, they're our voice for immigration sanity. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, George. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And um, we've got uh, my very good friend, uh, Jay Wiley, from uh, law enforcement today uh, on the phone because I wanted to reach out to him, folks. Uh, If this uh, situation with the Biden-Harris Electoral College uh, vote count uh, survives and they do take over, um, you know, I quite frankly am worried about what it's going to look like, what uh, what is going to happen to law enforcement, what's going to happen to uh, to America under this uh, direction. For example, we know that on uh, on Tuesday, uh, Black Lives Matter issued a letter to the Biden campaign reminding them that they worked for them, that they supported them and demanding uh, attention. Now, they didn't specify what they were going to demand, but they did ask also on Tuesday in a very strange situation, but I think it's indicative of, uh, of, of the left. Uh, the Antifa folks in Portland actually attacked and vandalized the Democrat headquarters, the Biden headquarters. Uh, I, you know, very, very strange, very, very uh, biting the hand that feeds you type situation. So, Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Um, tell us, what do you think uh, the next four years, uh, should uh, Biden-Harris uh, win, what is it going to look like for law enforcement? Uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show, like always. Uh, I need to tell you, there's a lot of concerns from everyone I talk to that's still an act of law enforcement, uh, and it's been going for quite a while. Before the election, uh, there's a lot of saber-rattling, as we call it, uh, about this and that with police, and they defund, and we're losing really good officers at record pace, and I expect that to continue on uh, even more so if they win the election. Uh, I granted a lot of it's disputed, and uh, personally, I don't think there's going to be enough to overturn it. I think we're looking at four years of a uh, Biden-Harris administration, and to some degree, I, I personally feel that Biden will be removed from office for whatever reason, and Harris will be our new president sometime down the road. You know, that that scenario is something that really, really uh, a lot of people are, including my, myself, I tend to agree with that because I don't think that he's going to be able to hang, handle it. Uh, there's gonna, they're going to find all sorts of issues with him. And uh, a Harris, a, a Kamala Harris uh, presidency just really, really scares the heck out of me. And I, I think it should. Um, first of all, I believe a lot of what they say in the media uh, meaning they, politicians in general, is, again, I'll say saber-rattling. They have no intentions of carrying any of this stuff out. But they don't want people to, to take it seriously. They want to seem to their base as if they are doing something, being proactive, knowing full well, A, for, let's take the Second Amendment, for example, knowing full well they can't get this passed because there's not going to be enough constitutional votes to change the Constitution. But they talk a big game all the time. Uh, about uh, more gun control as being the answer to violent crime. Instead of being more controlling of violent criminals and taking them seriously, no, 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 they won't have to go out to guns. And they know that that's not going to be done. They know they can't do it. But yet, they know the American people will follow, fall for that all the time. It's the same thing with the anti-policing thing. 
they will do everything in their power to appease their base, the most vocal part of the left. And then when things get really ugly, like in Minneapolis right now, where they don't have enough police to take care of the violent crime uptick, they can start looking for solutions. So right now, Minneapolis solution is to try to get agencies from outside their area to come help them. It's amazing, you know. The the uh, I, I'm I'm somewhat encouraged by your by your thoughts that it um, you know that it's saber rattling. However, in the process, though, like it's happening in Milwaukee, um, is that the crime goes out. We're seeing here in in Austin. Uh, an increase of something like almost a hundred percent of the murder rate uh, since they they defunded the police. Uh, we're seeing here in San Antonio uh, an increase in the um, in the number of uh, of assaults uh, since they only started talking about uh, uh, defunding the police. Um, and, and you know, just the mere discussion, I think, uh, causes criminals to be, become more bolder I, I think you're 100% correct and inevitably what's going to happen people I don't care whether left right or in the middle and I believe most Americans are in the middle somewhere uh, one of the things they want is security and safety and when crime goes rampant they're become more and more vocal and then politicians and I'll use the term that best applies the rats that they are will turn on each other to try to get and appease the people. So when people get tired of getting victimized by crime, they're going to demand their politicians do something, and the politicians will then have to say, well, we're going to be law and order. And it's a big cycle. Uh, in the meantime, a lot of people are going to get hurt, and some of them, I pray and I hope, won't be lifelong injuries or be murdered. Yep. We had a, another uh, police officer killed uh, in Houston yesterday uh, or Monday, I'm not sure which. Um, but um, the uh, how how much how high is the is the uh, mortality rate with uh, police officers right now compared to other uh, to other uh, years? It, has it gotten worse, or or are we you know, or is it just staying steady? I don't have the exact numbers, George. Um, to be totally brutally honest with you, uh, I look at like ODMP.org, which tracks all the, the, the officers killed in the line of duty. The 80s and 90s, we had far more killed uh, yearly than we do now in really? the United States. We have a lot more that are attacked. We have a lot more that are assaulted. We have a lot more that survive due to better safety equipment, um, better medical treatment. But these men and women, my brothers and sisters, uh, many of them are disabled and maimed for the rest of their lives. And that puts a cost on our society, uh, not just a fiscal, financial cost, because if you have an officer who is killed, then insurance is take care of most of the, the benefits. We officers who are disabled, guess what? It's the city governments, the county governments, the state governments are going to pay and pay and pay and pay. And that's just the financial aspect of it. Um, and and the, the communities that suffer are going to be the communities that have the highest crime. Uh, and that tends to be the communities with, which have the least amount of opportunities, that have uh, the most social economic problems. And the rich people, they're not going to suffer. Yeah, that, that's very, very true. I mean, they're going to go behind their, their gated communities. Well, here here at the end, let me let me ask you, just, you know, give us just a snapshot uh, optimistic point or, or uh, a brutal reality what do you think is going to happen with local law enforcement in a, in the Biden-Harris administration well I have to be totally honest with you I think right now senior officers are saying to themselves why would I put myself at risk a risk of being arrested risk of being persecuted prosecuted to have my family threatened uh, for what? For people I don't know anymore? That's a tough call. Uh, then add into it, why would I risk my physical safety and or the chance of being murdered um, simply for doing my job? So what's going to wind up happening is they're going to wind up saying to themselves, I'm going to take it easy. I'll get there, but I'll get there when I get there. So when people call, because there's an armed man in their front street who's running around with a 
butcher knife screaming obscenities at people. Guess what's going to happen? The police are going to get there very slow, and they're going to say, hmm, it's a mentally disturbed person who's threatening my life, and no matter what I do, I'm going to wind up getting charged, or I'm going to go to jail, or people are going to terrorize me. So why do it? Uh, that's that's the, the way I see things right now. Yeah, I mean, it certainly has played out perfectly uh, th- that way in, in Philadelphia with that uh, with that mental patient that uh, attacked the police officers, clearly attacked them with a, with a knife, and uh, suddenly the police officers are the bad guys for defending themselves. Absolutely, and that, that has been, that's not new, that's a ploy that's been used by the media to get people to pay attention to their product, especially by the newspapers for a long time. Um, radio news has been doing it, uh, social media is doing it. Uh, television, they all do it, um, and, and people eat it up. Well, here, somebody asked me the day, "Am I really, really concerned as a retired police?" No, I'm not really concerned because uh, I have federal law that backs me up with the LEOSA. I can defend myself. I have state law which will help me. Uh, I'd rather be tried by twelve than carried by six. It was a motto we had when I was policing. It's a motto I live by today. Uh, but what I really am concerned about is people who have the most need of our police in our communities, and they're the ones who are going, I'll say it again, they're the ones who are going to suffer. They're the ones who are going to lose their loved ones, their children. Yep, that's right. From uh, We've been talking with uh, Jay Wiley from Law Enforcement Today in Miami, and uh, or in Florida. I'm not sure. Are you in Miami? <laughs> I'm in West Palm Beach, Florida. Gotcha. You've got a storm coming your way, isn't it? Another now, uh, Tropical Storm Etta has been uh, playing games with us for a while. If you look at her trajectory, her map of where she's been, uh, someone posted something today, which is perfect. says, Etta, you're drunk. Go home. <laughs> all over the place. But just like the people in Texas, we're, we're used to this. Um, you know, this a storm comes up, we know how to handle it. Yep. But when you have loose cannons for politicians where no one knows what to do, everybody tends to retreat and says, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Uh, And I lived under some of the worst presidents in history and some of the best. And in my opinion, the worst was a teenager, uh, was Jimmy Carter. And we had back-breaking inflation. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. (laughs) Due to ceiling. And we all survived. So we'll survive Biden and Harris, and four years from now we'll be talking about someone else. Yep. I, 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 I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. Jay, thank you very very much for taking time to be with us. We've been talking with Jay Riley uh, out of West Palm Beach uh, with uh, law enforcement today. Jay, you take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, George. Be good. Okay. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. El Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got uh, a a very good friend of mine, somebody who's been on the front lines, literally, of uh, of law enforcement uh, from the very, very beginning uh, Sheriff A.J. Lauterbach uh, from Jackson County, Texas. And uh, Sheriff has, not only has the Sheriff been uh, doing his thing in his own backyard there in Jackson County, but he has also been involved very, very much in the issue of uh, of international crime, the, uh, the border interdiction, uh, illegal alien crime, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, the Sheriff has been right in the middle of all of that. So I wanted to reach out to him because... Here we, uh, it, it, it looks like we're going to have 
a uh, change of administration, a complete change of direction uh, from a Republican to a de Democrat administration. And I wanted him to tell us what uh, what what does he anticipate? What are the what are the things that he has seen under the Trump administration that uh, conceivably will will change under a uh, Biden administration, or at least from what Biden has uh, has said, when Biden and Harris have said in their campaigns. Sheriff Lauderback, thank you very, very much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, talk to us. What what do you think? What uh, things do you think will change? Uh, what have you seen that was good uh, that uh, conceivably might change in direction? George, uh, let me let me start with with some clear communication about, about your role and what you've done for for quite a few years now. So, yes, I've been on the front lines, but um, you know, as, as as a as a talk show host and someone who's running um, a media venue here, uh, I can't tell you how important your role is and what you're doing. Um, and I'll address first. I want to get out of the way. This, um, I mean, this is far from over on this presidential election. So I understand. You know, the media does not elect our president. Um, so I think that we have quite a bit of, of very interesting, complex legal issues that are coming up with a man who is known to fight to the very end uh, for um, the right reasons. And I think that, that Americans today, and Texans for sure, we just want an honest legal election, period. I'll, I'll leave that at that. That's all I'm interested in from a law and order perspective. Let's do what the law says. We'll accept the outcome as long as we realize that, that as long as we're assured that we have a, a legal election here and that legal people actually voted. Uh, so that's the whole issue there. So we have a long time to go here. I think it's good to mention that Al Gore uh, was 37 days in 2000 in the election there. Um, before that went to the courts and was and Bush was declared president. So we're headed down that same path on contest, contested elections and some constitutional issues, which uh, pretty quickly get into the weeds. And I will uh, appreciate the depth of your questions and the broadness of it. Let me, um, let me start by going back to 2008, uh, then again in 2012 under uh, our last Democratic president. Um, so under those, under those two terms, law enforcement was demeaned almost every day, if not twice a day. Um, currently we see today as a large platform uh, of the DNC who, com who was complicit and the defund police uh, law and order and the civil unrest that went, on, went about in this country unabated uh, for months, uh, where we had um, uh, businesses destroyed, uh, people's lives destroyed, um, all under all under several pretenses, from Black Lives Matter to to, to the uh, the whole host of uh, of DNC complicit issues that uh, were a complete upheaval for this country. It mostly, uh, it mostly affected here. Um, is no, is no surprise, no secret that law enforcement was uh, again the scapegoat uh, for much of this, uh, much of this debate, and much of the actions required from Los Angeles cutting 150 million to uh, City of Austin uh, cutting a large sum of money from there. Um, so, I mean, yes, um, yes, law enforcement is 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 first and foremost uh, what they're going to attack, and, and that is what we've been seeing already, and I expect nothing different uh, moving forward if we, uh, if when it comes time for the man to put his hand on the Bible uh, and take the oath as President of the United States, uh, if that happens to be Joe Biden, uh, then I can expect a very swift return to, uh, first and foremost, what I've always said was probably the largest monster in the basement is um, unchecked, uh, unabated, illegal immigration coming into the United States. Uh, we're, we're fighting and have been fighting for a long time, um, the international cartels and, and, and their business model and business plan, which is very efficient at making money uh, through humans and narcotics. So that has gone, um, that's gone by uh, COVID at, at least allowed the federal government to 
return back to a, a little bit more security on the border. Uh, and that did cause the cartel some problems. Uh, there were some drug shortages in the major cities, especially Houston, which is the corridor that I'm on here. So we we have uh, we've seen that we've seen several, we had a triple murder in Houston several months back where uh, it was all drug related and as far as the demand for narcotics. So uh, going back as far as what this administration will probably aim for is exactly what they've said that they're going to do exactly what they have proven to do in 2008 and again in 2012 under those administrations were to strip and gut the, uh, the um, INA as much as they can, Immigration Naturalization Act, uh, and, and empower uh, you know folks to be able to come into this country uh, easily and not abated. And so I, I, I suspect that will be uh, part of the agenda uh, in the first 100 days is to try and remove everything that um, DHS has tried to do and this current administration has attempted to put in place on the unchecked um, uh, illegality of what's happening here on the border, on the southwest border. So I, I um, as we ready ourselves for those things um, to come about, and just in case uh, we do have a Biden presidency, um, I think we're going to continue to see the, the total uh, demeaning of law enforcement and the role that we play here in the United States. Let me let me uh, let me ask you about this because recently uh, in uh, Houston there was a situation where an illegal alien killed a, uh, a police officer, uh, and um, you know the tragedy. Uh, it took a while uh, initially for the news media to identify the guy as an illegal alien. In fact, in some places, I, I have yet to see that he was identified that way. But um, you know, it looks like it's going to be a double whammy—one uh, where they, uh, where the liberals are defunding law enforcement, but on the other hand, they're opening up their arms, uh, opening up the border to uh, to illegal aliens, many of whom are going to be criminals. Um, do you think? Do you think that um, local government uh, is going to be able to under to stand this kind of whammy, particularly, particularly when you've got? Um, uh, you know, in smaller communities um, that border large urban areas like yours does? Well, regrettably, another uh, Houston police officer was killed uh, by an illegal alien, which is absolutely true. This um, this is a repeatable issue, and of course there are many more victims of illegal alien crime here in the United States and in Texas on a, on a regular basis. So George, um, you know, are these issues preventable? Well, we can certainly do a better job uh, in what we're doing, so I don't know if it's preventable or not. <clears throat> but the problem is, uh, we'll return right back to that. Uh, we'll return back to an open house type, uh, open house type theory. What does law enforcement do in these times when this happens? This is not the first time. Um, you know, that, that we're going to go right back to what we to uh, the type of situation we've had before. Um, is it going to be a struggle? Yeah. Who's, who's the real loser here? The citizens here, uh, as we become more and more impacted by uh, different levels of crime, uh, different um, strategies, um, by a, a prolific force with a business model that is tremendous. And I don't think that the American public uh, understand, and many in Texas don't understand, the strength, the depth, the power, and the abilities for the cartels to operate here in the United States. Um, and what they have done to this country, and what they'll continue to do to this country, is unparalleled in, in criminal networks. Um, they are very fast, very efficient, uh, very mobile. Uh, able to able to make changes in seconds and minutes, where law enforcement is is hampered by uh, process, and so uh, communication process is is much slower in the law enforcement um, in the law enforcement channels. So, yes, sir. I um, regrettably, uh, I believe we're gonna we're gonna go right back to uh, where we were. And as a, as a whole, the nation will, will suffer. Yeah. Um, good citizens will become new victims, and um, uh, new victims of crime. And that's what um, that's what I'm. Uh, that's what we're 
Sheriff, that's really, really chilling to hear, but it's very, very honest. I really, really thank you for that honesty because, uh, you know, we really need to hear that. It's not being, it's not being negative. It's just being honest. Uh, we need to prepare. We need to hope for the best. Hopefully, uh, Trump will pull it out. But um, you know, we need to prepare for the worst. If they do win, we need to be prepared. Thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. I appreciate it tremendously, as always. Uh, we've been talking with uh, Sheriff A.J. Lauterbach, uh, my very, very good friend from uh, Jackson County, Texas. Sheriff, please stay uh, stay safe and uh, tell your, your deputies to also stay safe. George, again, a, a huge shout-out to you and the, and the service you provide for law enforcement, for your, for your uh, listeners and anyone else who, who cares to... Um, uh, indulge in what you're putting out here today so I appreciate that more than you know uh, on the messaging that you are, are very constant and consistent with so I appreciate you sir you take care and uh, we'll we'll be in touch as uh, things develop further once again George Rodriguez El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio The Answer